Today we're starting a brand new series, uh, our full series called Wonder. Um, super excited about this series uh, and, and all that's going to entail out of this series. Uh, but uh, in a couple of weeks, uh, I have my uh, interview to become a citizen of the United States of America. And uh, I'm actually kind of, yeah, yeah. And uh, <laughs> I'm actually pretty excited about it. Uh, I was very uh, uh, apprehensive uh, about uh, embracing my American culture, but I'm kind of excited about it. And so uh, having to study up uh, things like, uh, you know, who wrote uh, the Star Spangled Banner, you know, what was the year the Declaration of Independence was signed and all that sort of stuff. What's Abraham Lincoln famous for? You know, all those sort of questions I've got to know. Uh, but it's funny because when I went to school, uh, when I went to uh, university uh, back in England, I, um, I majored in politics in my undergrad, uh, but I minored in American studies, and uh, I just needed to find a minor. I was like, well, this looks kind of cool. There was uh, one uh, class that we took, and for the whole semester, it was called Hollywood in the American West, and uh, we sat in a movie theater all semester and watched Western movies. So I'm like, this is awesome. It was an awesome class. I passed it as well. It was great. So uh, I've seen all those John Wayne movies and everything. Now we watched the uh, university. So, uh, we, but this uh, this uh, minor was pretty neat. American studies. So we we learned all about American culture, about American history in it, and everything. Um, and not knowing that one day I would eventually become an American citizen. Uh, but as we were studying this American studies and American history, uh, just the the whole beginning of America just drew me in. And, and, and there was something about how America has, has was started and how the pilgrims came over and people came into this land, into this unknown land, and uh, and then started to make their inroads into uh, into the mainland of the United States and set up uh, settlements and then set up towns and cities and as they went out west. And, and, and last month uh, for my birthday, we went down to Williamsburg, uh, Virginia. We stayed a few days at a resort down there. And then just just walking around Colonial Williamsburg, um, and, and it's funny because, like, coming from England, I'm looking at all this stuff, and everyone's like looking how old it is, and I'm like, it looks pretty new to me. But you know, because in the UK, you can like walk into a cathedral that was built in like the, you know, the 14th century, 11th century, or something. And so, but. Just being in Williamsburg, it just reminded me of how just uh, some of these early Americans, they, they went up the James River and then they started to settle in, in, in that area down there in, uh, in, in Virginia and, and, and even the ones up in the Northeast and, and, the, and then they moved in. And then, so in my American Studies course, we learned all about two guys, one named Lewis and one named Clark. And, uh, and, they, and, and they had an expedition to go out west and discover over the West. And their story is a fascinating story of how these guys, Lewis and Clark, went out into the unknown and they started to make inroads into the American wilderness that nobody had ever been before. And if it wasn't for people like Lewis and Clark, there would be no such thing as California. There would be no such thing as, uh, you know, uh, uh, well, there would be California, but people wouldn't be living there, you know. I'm like, they didn't make it. But, you know, there would be no such thing as, like, you know, the city of Los Angeles and, uh, and all that. that uh, they wouldn't have found the gold uh, if these guys hadn't paved the way for others to come behind them 
and travel. There's something about that pioneer spirit that I love. That's kind of why I may like like Western movies because just 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 this ruggedness of going into the unknown and and discovering new things. There's something amazing about going someplace where no one has ever been before. It's pretty neat to to go there and see something, the excitement, the unknown, the adventure, the danger, the wonder of what it would be like. I don't know if you ever you've ever gone to like some exotic place or maybe not exotic place, but somewhere where where maybe you've never been before, and you're like, what what's it going to be like there? Well, I wonder what it's like. I remember the first time I went to India. Uh, like I had no idea, and I got there. I'm like, whoa, this place is crazy, but it's this beautiful place, but just super crazy. People everywhere, and, and so you go into a place of an unknown, the wonder of what it would be. Now, some people, they like to embrace the unknown. They have that pioneer spirit, and they want to go out and embrace the unknown. Others, they shy away from it. They like to feel comfortable and like to know where they're going and like to have a plan. And we know exactly from A to B how long it will take there. We know what rest stops we're taking on the way. Some people like that. But there will always be a need for people who will gain the courage to walk where no one else has walked. Because if there was nobody who could gain that courage to walk where no one else has walked, then we would never be able to discover new things and go to new places. And here at Generation Church, one of our values that that we started and we built this community of faith on is this. And we've mentioned it many times here on a Sunday morning. You sit on our website, we've talked about it a lot. But this is one of our values here at Generation Church. And it's this, is that we are faith pioneers. Safe and settling in is not in our vocabulary. We are faith pioneers, safe and settling in is not in our vocabulary. From the moment that Generation Church was just a thought, we knew that God was calling us to calling us out to be brave and to become faith pioneers. To do and go places where people would not be willing to go and to meet people that others would not be willing to meet. To take our, if I may, our spiritual machetes and go into the unknown wilderness and hack a way through to make a path so others can follow. That is what we believe that God was calling us to when we started this church. And we pray that over the last nine years and and, uh, next week will be like our nine-year anniversary uh, as a church. We started uh, maybe this week, next week. We started in September 19th, 2010. So it's really the next week uh, kind of the way it all worked. But next week we're going to be celebrating nine years and we hope that over those nine years that we have displayed this courage to you to take steps of faith. We pray that we, 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 have, uh, we have shown you what steps of courage and faith look like and we have encouraged you yourselves to come out of your comfort zone and take steps of faith as you follow the calling God has on your life and the journey God is taking you on to be faith pioneers. 
And we're in this moment at our life in Generation Church where, where we're about to make a, a step again. We are ready to make a step as faith pioneers. Now, the Bible is full of faith pioneers. Lots of faith pioneers, different ones. Many of them that you may know of. You've got the Davids of this world. You've got the Moseses of this world. You've got the Noahs of this world. People that you uh, have heard of. But I want to share with you a story this morning of a man you probably may have never heard of. Now, if you read your Bible a lot, you may have heard about it. But let's be honest, most of you may probably have not even heard of this guy. His name is Terra. Terra. T-E-R-A-H. Terra. And you may not have heard of him, but you've definitely heard of his son. Because his son, his name is Abraham. Abraham. So you've heard of Abraham. If you haven't heard of Abraham, then, then well, read your Bible. <laughs> Abraham. Abraham is known as the father of Israel, the father of the Jewish faith. He, he's the father of uh, uh, faith. And, and, and so many people have, have looked back to the life of Abraham and got so much encouragement from him. But I want to talk about his father today, Terah. Terah. You'll find his story in Genesis chapter 11. Genesis chapter 11. There's really not much written about him. But this is what it says. Genesis 11 verses 27 to 32. This is the account of Terah's family. Terah was the father of Abram, Nahor, and Haran. And Haran was the father of Lot. But Haran died in Ur of the Chaldeans, the land of his birth, while his father Terah was still living. Meanwhile, Abram and Nahor both married. The name of Abraham's wife was Sarai, and the name of Nahor's wife was Milcah. Milcah and her sister Iscah were daughters of Nahor's brother Haran. That was back in the days when you married your cousins. So glad I live in 2019, that's all I'm saying. But Sarai was unable to become pregnant and had no children. It says this, one day Terah took his son Abraham. His daughter-in-law, Sarai, his son, Abram's wife, and his grandson, Lot, this was Haran's child, and moved away from Ur of the Chaldeans. He was heading for the land of Canaan, but they stopped at Haran and settled there. Terah lived for 205 years and died while still in Haran. So here we've got this guy, Terah, and he's got three kids. He's got Abraham, Nahor, and he's got a child called Haran. Haran dies. We're not sure what age he died at. Obviously, he must have been an adult because he already had a child. His name was Lot. But he died before his father. And I don't think there's anything sadder in life when a child passes before their parents. And so this man... He lives, he's lost one child, he still has two children. He lives in a place called Ur of the Chaldeans. Sounds very like magical, right? Ur of the Chaldeans. And uh, like, where do you live? Uh, uh, you know, it sounds kind of funny, right? But he has this feeling within him that it's time to move. It's time to move on. Now, I'm not sure if he grew up in Ur or what, but this is what I know. He lived there a while. He started a family there. Because the Bible says that this was the place where Haran actually was born. 
and then Haran died in Ur as well. So he'd been there a while. He knew all about Ur. He knew about the culture. He, 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 he started his family there. He had friends and family. He was comfortable and he thrived in this place, Ur of the Chaldeans. However, there was something within terror that says there's more. There's more. Whether it was God speaking and leading or just a desire for a better life, Terah made the bold decision to leave his hometown and with his wife, his son Abraham, his daughter-in-law Sarai and Haran's son Lot, they decided to leave their hometown uh, of the Chaldeans. And as they made this bold decision, they were heading for a place called Canaan. They were journeying to Canaan. Now, just to give you some biblical background so you know all about Canaan, Canaan is like the promised land. It it was the promised land for uh, for the Israelites. When Moses was walking around the wilderness for 40 years, they were trying to get to Canaan. When they got there, that was the place that, that uh, some people says, we can't do this. There's giants in this land. We'll never be able to occupy this land. But then Joshua and Caleb said, no, we can do it. This place is a wonderful place. That's Canaan. So Terah is on a journey from Ur of the Chaldeans to Canaan. And, and he decides that is where we are going. You can imagine the excitement, the adventure the thoughts of wonder about the blessings and the harvest they could find in Canaan. This was before we had Google. And it was before you could like Google it and like, what does Canaan look like, right? What is, where is there to eat in Canaan? Best places to go. What, what can a family do in Canaan? Before we had all that we at our fingertips, they had no idea. The wonder of what Canaan was going to be like. They were full of wonder and energy as they set out from Ur on this journey to Canaan. The vision was Canaan. But notice what happened along the way. The Bible says here that they got to a town called Haran. The same name as, the town was called the same name as his son who had passed away, Haran. And they stopped and they rested there on the way to Canaan. But something incredibly sad happens in this moment. For terror stopped and rested too long. Stopped and rested too long. For the Bible tells us that he stayed in Haran and he died in Haran. Instead of Haran becoming the rest point to catch their breath and calibrate, It instead became their place of settlement. Haran had taken the place of Canaan without them even realizing they had settled for less than what they could have had in Canaan. We're not sure why Terah settled with his family in Haran. Maybe it was because it was the town that was named after his son who had passed away and he wanted to honor his son and maybe he just couldn't get past the death of his son and he stayed there. He was like, this must be the place that we must be. Well, we're not sure why he stayed in this town called Haran, but whatever the reasons, Terah's vision for the land of Canaan stopped and came to an end in the place of Haran. 
It'd be like going to Disney World and you deciding to get to King's Dominion and saying, this is good enough. King's Dominion's great, but it ain't Disney World. And it's a similar sort of thing. They stopped in Haran and he never got to Canaan. There was probably nothing wrong with Haran. In fact, it might have been a beautiful place. But how sad that a man can live his life having to settle for the Harans of this world when really he should have journeyed on until he had found the Canaans of this world. The Bible does not tell us why he stopped, but I'll give it a good guess. See, when the wonder of Canaan took a back seat to the worries and concerns of Haran, terror stopped reaching for Canaan. And in your life, God has a vision for you. And when the wonder of that vision takes second place to the worries of today, when that happens, today will make sure that you never wonder about that vision again. See, all of us are on a journey. And maybe you've got a vision for your life and where you want your life to be. Maybe you're not, but this is what I know. God's got a vision for your life. And God is taking you on a journey, but this is what happens. Sometimes we get to the harans of this world and we stop there and we rest. And then suddenly just the everyday issues of life and the worries of life just stop us. And they cloud out and suddenly the cloud of today clouds out the vision for tomorrow. And when that happens, we stop reaching for the tomorrow. We stop reaching for where God is taking us. Terah died never reaching Canaan. He never saw his vision materialize. And I don't know about you, but in my life, I pray I never settle for Haran. I pray I never will settle in that place, say, this is good enough. I really want to go there, but you know what? I'm just too tired to go there. This is good enough. See, while a personal dream may die, God's vision does not. And for someone, if someone is unwilling to keep journeying and is willing to settle, then God will just raise up somebody else who is willing to journey to to fulfill the vision. So I've got a question for you today. Are you a settler or a journeyer? Are you a settler or a journeyer? Are you someone who says, you know what, I'm just going to settle and, and, and live my good life? i got a good life. I'm not going to push any holes in it. I'm not going to move it. I, this is good. We can live a good life right here. Or are you a journeyer and saying, you know, this is good, but that's better. And that's where I'm going. Are you a journeyer or a setter? Let's take a look what happened. So Terah dies in the town of Haran. The next verse is Genesis chapter 12, verse 1, and this is what it says. The Lord had said to Abram, leave your native country, your relatives and your father's family, and go to the land that I will show you. I will make you into a great nation. I will bless you and make you famous and you will be a blessing to others. I will bless those who bless you and curse those who treat you with contempt. All the families of the earth will be blessed through you. 
So Abraham departed as the Lord had instructed, and Lot went with him. Abraham was 75 years old when he left Haran. He was just a young whippersnapper, right? 75 years old. He took with his wife, took, he took his wife Sarai, his nephew Lot, and all his wealth, his livestock, and all the people he had taken into the household at Haran, and headed for the land of Canaan. When they arrived at Canaan, Abraham traveled through the land as far as Shechem. There he set up camp beside the oak of Moriah. At that time, the area was inhabited by Canaanites. Terror dies. The vision is not fulfilled. But Abraham had the same spirit as his father. He had this pioneer spirit. And as God spoke to Abraham, you can imagine how the fire of the vision started to rekindle in his soul. Abraham remembering, yes, we were on the journey to Canaan. That's where we were going. Why did we stop in Haran? And God's saying, Abraham, it's time to leave. It's time to get up and go leave and go find Canaan. Suddenly, in the middle of Haran, the wonder of Canaan became front and center. So Abraham, like any good leader and pioneer, heard the call of God and said, we're out of here. We're leaving Haran. We're going to Canaan. Notice, though, when he left, he didn't leave alone. And this is important because sometimes pioneers can just go out on their own. You know, if you're, if you're one of those wanderers, right, Maybe you've got a kid who is a wanderer. We've got one in our neighborhood. And it's like suddenly you just see him in the streets. He wanders. His mother says, do not get to the end of the court. Like, and he's like two miles away. You're like, oh, I thought this was the end of the court. Just a wanderer. Wanderers like to go by themselves. And pioneers are the same. They like to, we're just going to go and do it. And if you can't make it, well, tough. I'm going to go. But notice what Abraham did. The Bible says that Abraham took his wife, Sarai. That's always a good idea. Then he took Lot with him, his nephew. And then he took his livestock with him. Now it's getting tough. Like all, some of you, you want to take your dog on vacation and stuff like that? It's like, it's not a good idea. You know, it's tough. But he took his livestock with him. And then he took all the people who had become part of his household, all the servants and all the, the workers and the people that they had done community with those he had shared life with. It wasn't just Abraham saying, I'm going, hey, come with me. Let's go. And then I love what the Bible says. It says, they reached Canaan. And then it says this, and the land was inhabited by Canaanites. Like state the obvious. Like I came to America and it's full of Americans. (laughs) We'll talk about this more next week. But just because Canaan is the vision, it does not mean that when you get there, it's going to be plain sailing. But where terror had stalled, his son Abraham picked up the baton and carried on. And nine years ago, when we started Generation Church, 
We started with this fervor and this vision and this energy. Like, this is where God has taken us. We're going to the land of Canaan. We're going to reach people that had never, no one has been able to reach. We're going to go through and create a path that others can follow. We're going to do church in a different way that 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 others will will be able to come and thrive in and and find life in. And I remember when we started the church, God gave me a, 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 a very clear message. Even before we had a name, generation, even before we formed like a team or anything like that. And it was still just that little wonder, is God really telling us to start a church? I remember I was reading one day in the Psalms and I came by Psalm 92 and it was this Psalm that I felt God say, that's it, you need to go and go hard. And this is what the Bible says. Psalm 92, I'm going to start reading at verse 8. It says, but you, O Lord, will be exalted forever. Your enemies, Lord, will, be surely, pe- will surely perish. All evildoers will be scattered. But you have made me as strong as a wild ox. You have anointed me with the finest oil. My eyes have seen the downfall of my enemies. My ears have heard the defeat of my wicked opponents. But the godly will flourish like palm trees and grow strong like the cedars of Lebanon, for they are transplanted to the Lord's own house. They flourish in the courts of our God. Even in old age, they will still produce fruit. They will remain vital and green. They will declare the Lord is just. He is my rock. There is no evil in him. And I remember the day I read that and suddenly it was like alarm bells were going off and it was like God speaking. And this is what I heard God speaking. To create a community, a house of God that will be strong and vital, that will be green and flourish and bring sustenance to the souls of people. Spiritually speaking, we live in a culture that is brown and barren. The land is not green, spiritually speaking. There's spiritual death all around us, in our workplaces, in our schools, in our stores, in our sports clubs, in our neighborhoods. And we believe that God has called Generation Church to be a light that will sow seeds into the hearts of the desert wastelands of people's souls. To show them that beauty has a name. And that beauty is called the love and grace of Jesus Christ. To be green and fruitful, flourishing, providing sustenance to people's soul that is vital to them. And for the last nine years, we have been on this journey to Canaan. The journey's been tough. The journey's been long. And at times, we didn't know if we would make it at all. However, six years ago, we came to the decision as a leadership team because of coming to this building that we're in right now. And it came like out of nowhere. We were looking at some office space and suddenly we saw this space and it was all owned by the same person, this, this building, one next door. And, and suddenly it was like God was speaking, I want you to go there. We were meeting in a movie theater, setting up and tearing down every Sunday morning. It was like crazy. 
and we had to be out before 12 o'clock and there was sometimes I was preaching and then sometimes on the screen like the announcements for the movies would start coming up. I'm like, oh, guess I'm done, you know. And it was great. And then we came into this place and it was like a breath of fresh air for us. Because for three years, we had been going hard. And the people who were with us, we had been going hard. We had worked so hard. And we were tired. And then this came along, and, and, and it was neat. Because we were able to rest and breathe. We were able to find a place that we could call home. And we started to grow, and we started to flourish through that. We were able to heal and be restored. It was a great thing. We needed it. And we saw God provide miraculously for us. And we've seen in those six years, so many lives changed. So many people come into our community. And we watched as we've been able to send others out of our community stronger than what they came in. And for me, that's a win. We thrived here on the corner of Old Emerton and Wheel Road. We even added a third building across the streets when that came available because it was needed because it was seriously a fire risk having all your kids in that building next door. Didn't want to tell you at the time, but it was pretty bad. (laughs) But this is what I know. God has been tugging at my heart. For about two years now, God has been tugging at my heart. And I know he's been tugging at the heart of our leaders as well. And as we talked over the last two years, because this is what I believe, this place that we gather in today, I think this is Generations Church's Haran. This is the place we came to rest, to stop, to recalibrate. We knew when we moved in, it was a temporary location. Ken, who is on a sabbatical right now from leading worship for about like four years because he's doing his MBA. The moment we moved in, so when are we moving out? When are we going somewhere else? When are we going to get a better place? And he's been like in my ear for the last four years, you know? And we came, sorry, six years. It's been six years. We came to rest, to calibrate. But this is what I know. I think this is Haran, because this isn't the vision. This never has been the vision. The vision is Canaan, not Haran. And so we could stay here on the corner of Old Emerton and Wheel Road, and we could stay here and we can be comfortable, and we can have a good life, and we can have church. You know, we can have the smiling policeman every Sunday morning. Hey, how you doing? We can do the kids' ministry. We can have the band. We can keep having the coffee and the M&Ms and have a comfortable life. But this is what I've decided. I don't want to die in Haran. And I don't want you to die in Haran. Because the vision is Canaan. The vision is Canaan. And while we've enjoyed it here, this is what I've noticed. I've noticed in myself, I've noticed amongst our leadership, and I've noticed throughout our congregation and the people of this community, 
that we are starting to slowly lose the wonder of Canaan by being preoccupied with the everyday life and issues of Haran. This is what I've heard so many times. Well, we can't do that because our building doesn't allow us. We can't do this other thing. We want to do this, but we can't do it because our building doesn't allow us to do it. And so as a leadership team, over the last two years of praying and discerning, and especially over the last six months of some really intense strategic meetings, we've decided that we're not going to renew our lease on this building, the building next door, the kids' building, at the end of the year. We've decided we're leaving Haran. And I feel a little like Abraham, not as cool as Abraham or as wise as Abraham, you know, and definitely not as old as Abraham. I'm not 75, right? But this is what I feel. God is leading us out of Abraham, and I'm asking the household to come with us. Just not your pets, right? Not the livestock. See, we felt the call to keep journeying to Canaan. And we realize if we stay here in Haran, then we'll never be able to fulfill the dream of Canaan's land. And so we told our landlords this week, and obviously they weren't happy, but I think it's time to move on as a church. Some of you, you've never known anything different in Generation Church. This is all you've known. Others, you knew the dingy hotel we met in. You know the school where the seats were this high and so were the bathroom stalls this high. You knew the movie theater where sometimes you couldn't lift your foot off the floor because it was sticky. (laughs) Trust me, you never want to put the lights on in that movie theater. (laughs) Just saying. And you've known it here. But we're going to Canaan. Because God did not call Generation Church into existence, and I don't believe God called you here so that we can be settlers. I think God's calling us to be journeyers. And if we really believe that we are faith pioneers and safe and settling in is not in our vocabulary, then it's time to make leaps of faith and steps of faith and keep moving out from here. So I know what you're asking. The main question is, great, we're moving. Where are we going? And this is the answer. We don't know. We don't know. And I know many of you are like, no, we need to know. (laughs) Like, you don't understand. Like, Like, even now, my heart's beating. We don't know. We don't know. Because this is what we believe about steps of faith. Sometimes when you feel God speak, you step before you know. I was talking to some pastor friends of mine a couple of weeks ago when we were talking about this. And someone said to me, he goes, Alex, he goes, it doesn't matter what, what the what or the where, as long as you know the why. Because once you know the why, the what and the where, it's going to happen. And it doesn't mean that, you know, we're just going to sit back, okay, God. No, we're going to pack up, we're going to go, and we're going to follow God's leading and see where God is, is taking us and what God is, is leading us through. But just like Abraham... God told him to leave, and we feel that's what God is saying to us. It may seem like a little crazy, and it may seem, well, Alex, I don't think you guys thought this through very well. And I think that every day as well. 
But sometimes God doesn't give the details. And we've talked so many times from this place that if you follow God, God does not give all the details. See, this is what I know. A building has never defined a church. And the day a building does define a church is the day that that church decides to settle in Haran. The church didn't even have a building for the first 300 years of existence. So a building actually isn't as as important to a church as what you may think. But this is what I know. God is leading us, and Canaan's land is full of promises. It's full of wonder. It's full of harvest. It's full of fruit. There's difficulty when you get there. Absolutely. But this is where God has taken us, to go to people that others would not be willing to go to, to go to places that others would not be willing to do, to do church in a way that others have not even thought about doing church. And that's what God has called us to. And we're not going to settle here in Haran. So over the next three months, we've got some serious praying to do. Let me just tell you. We've got some decisions to make. I don't know where we're going. I don't know what's going to happen. All I know is that as a church, we're committed to Canaan. It's been a tough decision to make. Like I said, for two years, I felt God has been tugging at our hearts. It's not an impulsive, oh, this week I heard God say this. But this is what I know. When you trust God, God always comes through. And if this is Haram, then imagine what Canaan's going to look like. Imagine the wonder of what Canaan will be. The Bible says it was a land flowing with milk and honey. The promised land. So over the next few weeks, we're going to start to wander. We'll literally be wandering. But we're going to let our minds wander about what God can do. Let's bow our heads in prayer. Well, your heads are bowed and your eyes are closed. I think just as we close our service today, it would be important for us as a community to do one thing that I think a church should always do. And that is to come around the table of Jesus Christ and partake in communion. Because we wouldn't even be here if, if it wasn't for Jesus and what Jesus had done on the cross of Calvary, giving his life, then raising back to life, and the fact that he's coming again. And there are people out there who have never experienced the life of Jesus. There are people out there who have ne- don't even think about Jesus. They're stuck in the barren wilderness of their spiritual soul. And God has called us to go and plant seeds in their hearts. And so this morning, as we gather around what I call the Lord's table, Let's do it as a community, knowing as Jesus stepped out in faith for us, this morning we're going to step out in faith for Him. We're going to make steps of faith. We're going to say, yes, I am a faith pioneer. And even though I don't like it, safe and settling in is not in our vocabulary. That we're going to journey on until the Lord returns. So I'm just going to pray, and after I pray, I'm going to ask if you want to come up, and you can stand 
up and just come and take communion here at the front and then go back and sit in your seat for a moment and we'll take communion together. But Father God, we thank you this morning for your goodness. God, we thank you that you are working all things for good. At times what the enemy meant for evil, you are working for good. And this morning, God, we thank you that you are with us that you don't leave us, you don't forsake us. You say, you've said so many times in your word that do not fear for I am with you. And this morning, God, we thank you that you are with us. And so, Father, as we make this step of faith as a church and we decide to step out of the safe, Father God, this morning we pray that you will be with us, that you will give us boldness and courage to make steps as we go into the unknown. Lord, and and as we make a a pathway that maybe others can even follow, Lord, that you'll be with us. You'll protect us. You'll provide for us. You'll let your face shine upon us. Lord Jesus, that we will continue to journey to Canaan's land. So, Father, we pray that you will honor us and bless us as a church for our desire to be faith pioneers. Now as we come around your table, Lord, before we close this service, we look to you and we thank you. We thank you for the cross of Jesus. We thank you for the life of Jesus. We thank you for the resurrection and the new life there is in Jesus. So as a community and as a household of faith, God, we take this bread and we take this cup In honor to you, knowing that you are with us and you are leading us in your holy name. Amen. Let's take communion together. So Father God, as we've just taken of this bread and this cup, we do so to honor you, to remember you, and to declare that we live for you. For you are everything to us. We thank you for the life and the grace and the mercy and the love and the peace and the joy and the hope that is found in you. God, we thank you, Lord, that we don't have to wrestle with the sin and the shame and the guilt anymore. That our past is behind us. And we don't have to fear because you are with us. So God, this morning we just thank you that you are such a loving Father. And as we leave this place today, God, we we leave with a determination and a courage in our soul to go where you are leading us. To be obedient to you and to make steps of faith. For we know that it is faith that pleases you. And so, Father God, today, lead us. In your holy name we pray. Amen. Amen. God bless you. Have a great week. And we'll see you next week for part two of Wonder.